You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This episode of The Assembly Call is brought to you by Crane Credit Union. Get a $150 deposit into your new Crane Credit Union checking account when you get e-statements, have direct deposit, and use your debit card. Plus, there's no monthly service charges and no minimum balance to open your account. Stop into any of Crane Credit Union's 14 locations or visit their website at cranecu.org for more information. That's cranecu.org. Crane Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another off-season episode of the Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris, and we're going to do something a little bit different with this episode. As you can tell, uh, we're doing a lot of experimentation this off-season. You know, so much enthusiasm, so much excitement want to try a few new things. So this is going to be an audio mailbag. I put out a call for questions yesterday on Twitter. So many of you were nice enough to send me questions. I've got a nice bag of questions to answer. Uh, I'm very excited to do so. And, you know, I'm recording this at uh, 8.39 Central Time on Thursday morning. And I'm terrified that by the time I get done recording, there's going to be some news breaking because it's been kind of a crazy morning. Uh, Colin Hartman just posted before I went live an announcement that he is coming back next year. So kind of unexpected, but very exciting. Uh, Archie Miller lands his first recruit uh, in Colin Hartman, who's decided to come back. And then I just saw uh, a note from Greg Doyle that he tweeted that James Blackman Jr. will enter his name into the NBA draft, but not hire an agent. So it's possible that he could come back as well um so you know lots of lots of things up in the air obviously but next year's team starting to crystallize a little bit more uh what it will look like and so that and that's actually the first question many of you sent in that question and so we're gonna I'm gonna do my best to answer that question right off the top do want to remind everybody it is Thursday so tonight we will have our normal weekly assembly call live broadcast we will be recording our episode of assembly call radio for Friday be simulcasting that recording uh, so join us at assemblycall.com live not just tonight but every Thursday night uh, for a live recording and of course if you have questions or topics that you want us to address you can always tweet me at assembly call I can't promise we'll get to everything because those those shows go really fast uh, I feel like we can never get to as much as we want to get to um, but certainly we will do our best to cover the topics that you want us to cover. Uh, and that's, hey, that's the whole goal of these mailbags. And if this goes well, we will do more of these, maybe not once a week, but you know, maybe once every couple of weeks, we'll see. Uh, you know, I'm anticipating it being a fun format. Hopefully it's interesting for you. So just as you did with the three-point shot uh, audio recordings that we've been doing, I really appreciate all of that feedback. Uh, give me feedback on this. Let me know if it works. If it doesn't, how we can make it better. Uh, and I will certainly take all of that under advisement and figure out what we're going to do moving forward. All right. So with that said, let's dive in and let's answer some questions. So the first question, uh, and this comes from Mason, but I could have chosen about 12 other examples because this was by far the most asked question. What do you think the roster will look like next year? Who stays? Who goes? 
So obviously we just got some news that, you know, kind of changes some of that with Colin Hartman. Cause I originally had him, uh, as you know, who, who knows what he's going to do. You, you kind of heard some whispers that maybe he'll come back. We knew the door was open. Uh, but my expectation was that he was going to go, but now he's back. So if we talk about the guys that we expect to be gone, I think it's safe to say right now that we all expect OG to be gone. Uh, and frankly, I hope OG is gone because the only real reason I can see him coming back is if NBA teams are worried about the health of his knee and that causes him to come back. And I don't want that. I mean, I would love to have OG back. Don't get me wrong. He's an amazing player uh, and can do so many things. But for his own future, um, I hope that he is in the NBA and that he gets, you know, is a lottery pick or a first round pick next year. Possible pros are Thomas Bryant and James Blackman Jr. I've operated under the assumption all season long that all three of those guys were going to go. They all flirted with it last year. You know, typically when that happens, you don't see guys come back again. Obviously, for Thomas, you know, he didn't do anything to raise his NBA stock this year, at least if you, you know, believe some of the draft nicks out there and some of the mock drafts, even though he showed the three-point shooting ability, uh, you know, wasn't as efficient down low and wasn't as good defensively as some people probably wanted to see. So I am still operating under the assumption that he will go. Obviously, Blackman is going to put his name in, could come back. But I'm going to assume that those guys are going to be gone next year. Not, you know, for any inside information that I have. That's just been my assumption all year. And, you know, I think when you look at, you know, these guys played with Yogi and Troy last year. And both of those guys didn't get drafted, but ended up having pretty successful rookie seasons. I mean, Yogi's now with the Mavericks, has a two-year deal playing really well. You know, Troy bounced around a little bit, but is now with the Mavericks. So I would think those guys would look at that and say, hey, even if I don't get drafted, I've got a chance to, you know, to do something even in my rookie year. So having that example, I would think would make them more likely to go. So who knows? I'm not inside their heads. But my expectation as we go through the rest of this question is that all three of those guys are going to be gone. If any of them want to come back, we'll welcome them with open arms because they're very, very good players uh, that I'm sure Archie Miller would love to coach. Now, Robert Johnson is another interesting one. Uh, I don't have any insight there. You know, you've heard you know, he's going to graduate, so he could be a grad transfer. And he's just a hard guy to figure out. I mean, I, you know, his last month of the season last year, he was all over the place, had some great games, had some terrible games, you know, sometimes, you know, almost looked disengaged from what was going on. So I don't know, you know, he tweeted out the rocket ship emoji. I am illiterate when it comes to emojis. <laughs> so I don't really know what that means. So he's, you know, I suppose he could be back. He could leave. I don't really know there. Guys that are confirmed back that we know, they've said they're coming back. Colin Hartman. Josh Newkirk has said that. His father released a statement. Uh, Juwan Morgan, we got the report from Crimson Corey that he's coming back. Deron Davis's uh, coach said that Deron is coming back. Uh, and I believe Freddie McSwain might have said something as well. But I think those guys were, were pretty certain they're going to be back. Other guys that are expected back, you've got Curtis Jones, Devontae Green, Zach McRoberts, Grant Galon, and Tim Priller. And I say expected back because I think the default in that situation, if a guy isn't a grad transfer, is that they're going to come back because you know, if you just transfer normally, you have to sit out a year. So I know, you know, Curtis Jones didn't maybe play as much as he wanted last year and, and was kind of up and down. But until one of those guys says, I'm transferring or leaving, I'm going to assume that they're coming back. And then as far as the freshmen go, you've got Justin Smith, who has not, at least publicly that I have seen, asked out of his letter of intent. Clifton Moore and Al Durham both have. Now, they haven't been granted it yet because Archie Miller wants a chance to talk to those guys. And so we'll see 
you know, what kind of recruiting pitch, you know, say whatever you said to Colin, <laughs> clearly, because that worked. Uh, so we'll see about those guys. But I- I'm operating under the assumption that Justin Smith will come and Clifton and Al are kind of in a who knows category right now. So if we look at the the probable worst case scenario roster, and by worst case scenario, I mean OG's gone, Thomas is gone, Blackman's gone, Clifton Moore and Al Durham both don't come. You have at guard, Josh Newkirk, Devontae Green, Curtis Jones, and Grant Galon. At forward, you have Juwan Morgan, Colin Hartman, Freddie McSwain, Zach McRoberts, and Justin Smith. And then at center, you have Deron Davis and Tim Priller. And I believe that is 11 guys. So you would still have room for two more scholarships, you know, whether it's a freshman coming or Blackman coming back or somebody that Archie Miller adds elsewhere through the grad transfer market. I know there have been talk that a guy that was committed, the Mr. Basketball, I think, from Minnesota, a point guard that was committed, might be thinking about coming to IU. A lot of things up in the air, you know, I'll try and, and keep this really uh, based in what we actually know. But if we have that, and again, that to me is the worst case scenario, right? That would assume that Robert Johnson uh, leaves. Your starters with that group, I would think, would be Josh Newkirk, Devontae Green at guard, Colin Hartman and Juwan Morgan at the forward spot, and then Deron Davis at center. Uh, and that's it's a pretty good lineup. Now, you know, your depth, you're not great. You got Curtis Jones coming off the bench. You got Freddie McSwain coming off the bench and Justin Smith. You know, you really don't have a backup big for Deron Davis, obviously, you know, because Tim Priller would kind of be the guy listed at least as a backup, but I don't think he's really going to play those kind of minutes. Uh, so, but what's interesting about a lineup like that, again, Newkirk, Green, Hartman, Morgan Davis, is how defensive oriented it could be. You know, it doesn't strike you as a very offensively explosive lineup. Uh, but you know, for Archie Miller, a coach who really stresses defense, that's a pretty good defensive lineup. You know, all those guys have shown flashes of being willing and able defenders in the past. Uh, and I think as we look toward next year, it probably is going to be a team that's going to be built around playing a little bit slower, trying to not turn the ball over, value possessions and play defense, win a different way than we've seen the last couple of years. Now, if we look at an expected roster, right? Again, same thing with Robert Johnson. Like, I'm not going to assume he's leaving until he does. It's a little bit more likely for a grad transfer guy, but I'm still going to assume that he's here. I would also assume that Al Durham comes to Indiana because as I think he's a three-star recruit, you know, he was offered early. and I know his family has a very tight relationship with Chuck Martin, but I really wonder if he can get a better offer than Indiana. Not to mention, you know, you look at what a guy like Archie Miller did with a player like Scoochie Smith, and I would think Al Durham would see himself in a role like that, and that's probably the pitch that Archie is making. So I would expect Al to come. Now, Clifton Moore, we would all love to get him. You know, 6'10", 6'11", guys who can shoot and run and handle, those guys are hard to find. You know, the thing with Clifton, he had a great relationship with Crean, and maybe he wants to stay a little bit closer to home. His recruitment happened very fast. I would think a lot of bigger schools would get in on him because of the physical traits. So just, again, my guess, you know, just kind of based on some logic, uh, would be that Al would be more likely to come than Clifton because I would think Clifton would have more options. Now, I still think Indiana is going to be the best option he's going to have, but we'll see. So if we look at that expected roster, now you've got at guard Robert Johnson, Josh Newkirk, Devontae Green, Curtis Jones, Grant Galon, and Al Durham. At forward, you have Juwan Morgan, Colin Hartman, Freddie McSwain, and Zach McRoberts. And then at center, you have Deron Davis and Tim Priller. Uh, so your starters in that lineup, you know, probably going to be, I would think, Devontae Green, Robert Johnson, Josh Newkirk, Juwan Morgan, and Deron Davis. I mean, Archie Miller has been comfortable playing three guards. He's never had a lot of size at Dayton. Um, but he also might want to utilize that. And then, you know, that's where Hartman, you don't know. You know, he's coming off knee injuries. He sat out a year. You know, how how good is he? How How much in rhythm is he? 
Um, you know, so you could he would obviously be a guy who could step into that starting lineup. Um, you know, so you don't really know. And then you got Curtis Jones, Freddie McSwain, Justin Smith, Al Durham coming off the bench. So uh, obviously more offensive firepower there with Robert Johnson. Uh, and he can also be a very good defender when he wants to be. So again, you know, I think when you look at that, is that the kind of lineup that can compete for a Final Four national championship? Certainly not one that you would assume is going to do it. And one that is going to have some offensive limitations because it's not a great shooting lineup. I mean, you got Robert who can knock down shots, Newkirk occasionally. Uh, Green showed better shooting, I think, than we all thought. Curtis Jones inconsistent as a shooter. Al Durham's not really a shooter. You know, but you feel pretty good about Hartman. Juwan Morgan's shooting fell off last year. So it's not going to be the kind of explosive lineup that we've seen. But again, defensively, I think it could be pretty solid. And so that's kind of what I would expect. You know, if I if I had to make a guess, I would expect that your top six players entering next season are Devontae Green, Robert Johnson, Josh Newkirk, Juwan Morgan, Deron Davis, and Colin Hartman. So the starting lineup consists of some combination of those five guys. And then you've got Curtis Jones, Freddie McSwain, Justin Smith, uh, and then Al Durham, Zach McRoberts, and Tim Priller after that. So we will see. But that's kind of how I break it down and how I'm looking at it. And now I'll go check and see if any news broke <laughs> while I was talking because uh, maybe someone else decided that they're going to come back. Um, but real quick, the statement from Archie Miller on Colin Hartman, uh, reading this from the Inside the Hall Twitter account, we are thrilled that Colin has decided to come back and play next season. Have it, this is from Archie Miller. Having an individual who has won a Big Ten championship and had success in the NCAA tournament gives our program a big lift. He brings leadership and intangibles that can do nothing but help us achieve our goals. Absolutely. Colin would be a hu- will be a huge addition to next year's team and really help, I think, ease the transition for Archie Miller. So great question, Mason. I know it took me a little while to get through that, but there's a lot to unpack, a lot to break down there. Um, so now we'll wait and see. A lot of it is conjecture right now. We need to see the decisions that players make, what guys Archie brings in, uh, but the lineup, the roster will continue to crystallize as we move forward here in the offseason. So we got another uh, question about Josh Newkirk and Jawan Morgan and then many other questions. I will get to those in just a second. I do want to take a quick minute and tell you about our sponsor, SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deal for that game or show you want to go to. And none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever before for fans to buy and sell tickets. Like, for example, to Colin Hartman's second senior day next season, uh, at which you would have to think he's just going to get married if he wants to top what he did this year, getting engaged. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But that's going to be a hot ticket, so make sure you check out SeatGeek for that. Uh, But SeatGeek, always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or concert because everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. They do the work. You save the time and money. And best of all, Assembly Call listeners get a $20 rebate off of your first SeatGeek purchase. So here's how that works. Download the SeatGeek app, or you can do this at the website. Enter the promo code or go to settings and click add a promo code and then enter the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code assembly today. All right, we are doing a mailbag. Let's continue going through this mailbag. So the next question is from Jason Kaiser. Uh, says, now that we have confirmation they are coming back, how might Juwan Morgan and Josh Newkirk find their calling with Archie Miller? 
This is a really good question, and I think both players are especially interesting when it comes to playing under Archie Miller. I think when you look at Josh Newkirk, the things he really needs to do to be successful next year next year are cut down on the turnovers and defend more consistently. You know, he's a guy who was up, I think, over the 23% range when it came to turnovers last year, and on a team where it was a major problem, he was a major culprit. Now, what gives me some encouragement there is that Dayton certainly didn't turn it over anywhere near the level Indiana did, and you look at Scoochie Smith, who was the you know four-year player for Archie Miller, their best player this past season at point guard. He reduced his turnover rate every year at Dayton, down to 17% as a senior. And Josh Newkirk is a guy that prior to coming to Indiana had been under 20% in terms of turnovers, and actually as a freshman was his best year in terms of turnover rate. And so I think that will certainly help him be more efficient, and if he can improve his shooting, that'll be important. You know, I think the other thing, too, is free throw rate. You know, Scoochie Smith, who handled the ball a lot for Archie Miller at Dayton, he had a free throw rate in 2016. Let me find. His free throw rate was 50%. That's a really, really good. That means uh, basically that he took 140 – he shot 141 free throws, uh, and he took – his total number of field goal attempts was 279, as I try and do some math live here on the air. So basically, he was shooting one free throw for every two field goals. That's how you get that free throw rate number. Well, Josh Newkirk's was down uh, in the 24% range. So he was shooting one free throw for every four field goal attempts. And obviously, the more free throws, the higher the rate is, the better you're going to be because free throws are a high percentage shot, a high efficiency shot. And so if he can get that into the 30s, you know, the, the low 30s, you know, even the high 40s, and we, we saw him drive a lot. So if he can learn how to get fouled more, well, now he's going to be able to go and get more easy points. Um, as a free throw shooter, he's not great, but he was at 69.8%. So he converts about seven out of every 10. So that can really help him, you know, at, you know, score two or three more points, do it in a more efficient way. And if he can cut down on turnovers, that'll be important too. And if you just look at the guards Archie Miller's had in the past, I think you can have a reasonable expectation that Josh could do that. For Juwan Morgan, it always starts with staying healthy. When he's healthy, I think he's one of the, you know, when you consider who's leaving, I think he can be one of the 10, 15 best players in the Big Ten next year, if not better. He's that good. He's that versatile in terms of what he can do. And if he can get a shot back going, that just adds another layer. And with Archie Miller, he has had success with undersized power forwards in the past. You know, Kendall Pollard, Dyshawn Pierre are guys that come to mind. I believe they were both 6'6". Those guys both played, you know, the power forward and even the center position sometimes. I mean, you know, Dayton at times was playing like the 2015 Hoosiers when Colin Hartman was playing center. Dayton rolled lineups out there like that sometimes. Now, Indiana won't have to do that because they have Deron Davis. But Morgan is a guy that, you know, if Indiana can't find any other size and Bryant doesn't come back... Morgan may have to play that center position at times, you know, when Davis, you know, he's a guy who, you know, even at his best was only playing, you know, 21, 22 minutes a game. We'll see how his conditioning is as a sophomore. But, you know, Morgan is going to be a guy that Miller can use in a lot of different ways. And he's had to do that in the past. And I think Morgan is is his kind of player, uh, you know, uh, uh, obviously can be a very good defensive player, has multi-dimensional skills on the offensive end. So I think both those guys in particular could benefit from the style change from Tom Crean to Archie Miller. Now, obviously, we'll have to see and not, you know, you're not going to change entirely the way the guy plays in one offseason, but I am encouraged by what we'll see uh, from those guys next year. All right, the next question is from Craig DeChemin. Hope I pronounced that right. 
He says, what teams would you like to see IU add to their pre-conference schedule in the next few years other than the typical picks like Kentucky? Well, that would be the obvious one. Uh, any big preseason tournaments Indiana can get in, especially those national showcase games where the Kansases and the North Carolinas and the Kentuckys are in, I want to be there. You know, that Indiana needs to be back in those games. And maybe we don't get into them next year, but after three or four years, we need to be back on those big stages. Archie Miller does not strike me as the kind of guy who would shy away from that. I think you listen to him talk. You see how he's scheduled in the past. He wants to go challenge his team and play good teams, and I like that about him. And so I hope we see more of that. But outside of that, what I really want to see is Indiana play more teams between 100 and 200 in the Ken Palm ratings, right? Because we saw last year, Indiana played the number three team, the number six team, and the number 24 team, Kansas, North Carolina, Butler. That's really good. I mean, that's an excellent top end of your non-conference schedule, as good as anybody in the country, right? And then Indiana played the 153rd team in Fort Wayne, but then eight games against team rated 200, teams rated 211th or worse. That just drags down your non-conference schedule strength, which hurts you when it comes to seeding, and it doesn't do you any good as a team. I mean, you think about what was the most valuable and illuminating game in the non-conference schedule for Indiana last year. I mean, Kansas and North Carolina, obviously, but beyond that, I think it was the Fort Wayne game, right? You know, it's, a, it's not a home game. It's against a team that if you don't bring your best, they can, you know, they can come up and beat you if they play well, and that's what happened. And it identified a lot of weaknesses for Indiana early in the season that unfortunately never got fixed. And part of the reason why we probably didn't see the full benefit of the Fort Wayne game is so many of the games after that were, you know, against the Houston Baptists and the, you know, Southeast Missouri States of the world that even if Indiana plays poorly, those teams aren't even going to come within 10 points of Indiana. So you don't really get an accurate reflection of where you are. And I think that really hurt Indiana because maybe if they had had more examples early in the season of, hey, that's great that you beat Kansas, North Carolina, but you guys still aren't very good. You're turning it over too much. You're doing this, that, or the other wrong. Maybe we could have fixed that you know, prior to the Big Ten season getting totally out of hand. Now, maybe not because Indiana didn't really show an ability to fix anything last year, but I think you improve when you challenge yourself in that way. And so I would like to see Indiana do more of that, and when you look at what Archie Miller did at Dayton, he did that. So in 2016, he played seven games against teams in the 70 to 200 range. And that's good. You know, those are games against teams, again, that if you don't play well and they do, they can give you a game and they can help you identify your weaknesses. In 2017, Dayton played four games versus the top 70 and then four games against teams 70 to 200. And they played a couple of cupcakes on the back end. You know, they would play a couple of really good teams, but the middle had some substance. It wasn't, you know, this really soft, you know, donut middle where there's just nothing in there. And that's what I think Indiana needs from a schedule perspective. That's what I hope they do. And Archie Miller sounds like a guy who really studies the analytics of it, really understands it from a, a seeding, from a tournament perspective. I think that's going to be really important for Indiana moving forward. Uh, we had three questions uh, submitted about recruiting, so let's tackle those real quick. Doug Enninger says, uh, rebuilding the relationship with Indiana high school basketball coaches is crucial. Coach Simpson being at the presser is a good step one. Yes, it was. What would be the next step? Well, I think the next steps are pretty simple. I mean, I think Archie needs to back up his words with actions because words are cheap. Talk is cheap. Talking about an inside-out strategy sounds great in a press conference, but it doesn't mean anything if you don't go out and do it. And that means prioritizing Indiana kids. 
you know, prioritizing recruits from the state of Indiana and then staying consistent about it. So not just swooping into a school one year when they have a five-star recruit, but building relationships that sustain throughout the years and keeping those going so that, you know, when a school does have a really good player who's, you know, who's good enough to compete at the Indiana level, there's a a relationship there with that coach. And it's a relationship built on trust and built on time. You know, so I think for Archie, it's it's obviously going to be a lot of legwork, a lot of time investment, but how else do you build relationships? I mean, building them in recruiting is the same way that you'd build them in, in real life. I mean, it is real life. It's just, it's relationships between people. It's an openness about, um, you know, being willing to bring kids from Indiana in. Uh, and I think a trust in the abilities of Indiana basketball players and the knowledge that they have, the intelligence that they have. You know, I was watching uh, the uh, Perfect in 76 documentary on Showtime, you know, and, and they interviewed Bob Knight on there. And he said the most important elements for a player are s- smarts and toughness. You know, why did a guy like Quinn Buckner succeed so much? Well, because he was smart and tough. And I know Quinn wasn't from Indiana, but what you find in a lot of players from Indiana is the smarts and the intelligence, you know, from having good coaching and from, you know, just growing up playing the game so much. And I think Archie will relate to that. And I think that's why he can be successful if he's going to back up his words with actions. And then I think the other element for Archie, and I think he'll do this well, is to be humble. He even said, you can't just show up wearing an Indiana shirt and expect, you know, everybody to flock to you and, and for players to just start committing. You know, I think Indiana has not done a very good job of prioritizing the state and they've gone elsewhere and you can't just come back and say, hey, we're Indiana, we're back again, send us all your best players. I think you have to have some humility about you, not necessarily walking around, you know, apologizing for everything and and saying we made this, that or the other mistake, but be humble in terms of the amount of work it's going to take and that nothing is just going to be given to you and that it is about building one-on-one relationships uh, with people, with coaches, with families, that's how recruiting works. And I think Archie will do a good job with that. And I think if he really follows through on this inside out strategy, maybe not, you know, this year, maybe not next year. And, and I wouldn't look at it and say, well, okay, Indiana doesn't get Romeo Langford, man, you know, this inside out strategy isn't working. Well, you know, he hasn't been building a relationship with him for, you know, for a few years. And, and, and so, I mean, you know, you can't judge him just on one guy, but let's see after a few years, how things are. And I think they will be a lot better. The next question is from Jeff. Realistically, how soon do you think Coach Miller will make a big impact on the recruiting trail? How about uh, 45 minutes ago, Colin Hartman? <laughs> I mean, you know, that that to me is important. You know, getting convincing a guy like Colin to come back who obviously has options and was thinking about going elsewhere, that's a good sign to me that, you know, guys like Colin Hartman are buying into what Archie Miller is selling. That's a good sign. Um, but in terms of the bigger picture, you know, I think you could have a big splash at any time. Um, you know, that can happen in any individual recruiting cycle, but I think to really judge Archie as a recruiter, we're going to have to wait until years three or four. And he talked about this with Evan Daniels on a podcast. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, a new coach comes in and right now, you know, a lot of the recruiting that Archie is doing is with Al Durham, Justin Smith and Clifton Moore. Well, they're all, you know, good players. They're all really interesting prospects. And I know Archie wants to get all of them, but he hasn't been building a relationship with these guys and he didn't choose them. You know, like maybe Al Durham isn't the type of point guard that he would have wanted to recruit. Maybe he is, I don't know, but he didn't necessarily get to make that choice and build a relationship and watch him play over and over to see if he's really going to fit the system. Well, you know, the same is really going to be true with the recruiting class for next season. He's still going to be scrambling a little bit, try to trying to pick up with relationships that are already there. 
But what he's going what he's going to be able to do is start to build relationships with juniors and with the younger guys, which is really you know how long it takes for the recruiting cycle. I mean, Indiana had a relationship with Deron Davis going all the way back to eighth grade, and that ended up being the main reason why he chose Indiana over Mississippi State. Without that long term relationship, Indiana maybe doesn't get Deron Davis. Well, Archie's not going to have that relationship with guys for next year. Certainly not as the coach at Indiana, and the caliber of player he's going to recruit at Indiana is for the most part going to be different from the caliber of player he recruited at Dayton. So it's going to take a while to build those relationships up. And so I think you really want to look at, you know, year three, year four and beyond to really say, okay, what is Archie Miller going to be like as a recruiter at Indiana? Um, Again, there can be a big splash at any time, um, but I think in terms of sustained recruiting and actually having a plan, following through on it and building a program, we're going to have to wait a little bit to judge that. Uh, Ron F. asks, how long before Arch and Sean have a battle over a top recruit would be interesting? How does that conversation go with the recruit? I mean, we haven't seen a ton of Indiana versus Arizona recruiting battles, although, you know, Raleigh Alkins, who plays at Arizona now, Indiana, I think, was in his final five. They were involved in that uh, pretty heavily for a while, and Alkins chose Arizona. Uh, so, you know, I, I would certainly help me. And Arizona recruits at a national level. Alkins is from New York, um, and they get other guys from all over the place. I would certainly hope that Indiana, while focusing on the inside-out strategy, is able to compete for some of the best players in the country. Uh, you know, maybe not next year, but again in three or four years. So perhaps they end up going against each other in recruiting battles there. You know, I do think that would be interesting, and I think with the mutual respect that those guys have for each other and the humility that they have as coaches, which I think they get from their dad, a real. Uh, commitment to the players and to being a players coach and to really just wanting players to succeed. I honestly think that if they thought one school or the other were better for that particular player, like if Sean thought that a player was really better suited for Indiana, he would tell him go to Indiana and vice versa. Now, maybe, you know, it's not that clear cut and they're battling it out. And I am sure that there would be not one iota of negative recruiting. Everything would be positive. Um, it would certainly be interesting to see. Uh, but, I don't really know that it would tell us, you know, one way or the other, who's the better recruiter is Indiana or Arizona, the better school. It would just say for that particular kid, what his preference is. So if it does happen, I wouldn't read too much into it, I guess, is the bottom line. Uh, okay. Now we have a couple of additional questions. Uh, Sean Van Hoy asks, do you think Brad Stevens will come to Bloomington to manage Opie Taylor's if Boston doesn't reach the finals? I'm going to go with no. Um, Obviously, for the obvious reason that Brad Stevens would have no incentive to go manage a restaurant, uh, but also I'm just not sure Brad Stevens would want to put himself through going to Bloomington, uh, especially given how much people still talk about him as a potential coach, even though he has flatly denied any interest in leaving the NBA uh, over and over again. So my guess is he's going to want to stay as far away from Bloomington as possible, uh, and I can't say that I blame him in that case. Uh, look, you may think that, you know, these questions are kind of ridiculous, but I did put in my tweet, you know, questions about Indiana basketball or anything. So I appreciate some of the creativity here with these questions. Uh, Tim Hickel asks, who would win a hot dog eating contest, Archie Miller or Archie Bunker? And really, you know, I think the answer here is pretty obvious, even though it might be counterintuitive because, and by the way, if you don't know the context of this question, Archie Miller, his real name is Ryan. And his dad started calling him Archie when he was younger because he was kind of ornery and he thought that his personality reminded him of Archie Bunker and the nickname just kind of stuck. So I think, you know, uh, Archie's mom, his sister, some close family still call him Ryan, but everybody else just calls him Archie. That's the name that stuck. Hence this question from Tim. 
So, you know, you look at this, and Archie Bunker, obviously a bigger guy, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how tall he was, but a bigger, a heavy set guy. You would expect he can probably eat a little bit more than, than Archie Miller, you know, 5'9", five, 5'10", five, kind of a, a small guy, a little bit stockier now than he was in his playing days, uh, you know, but by no means a big, hefty guy. So you would think Archie Bunker could eat more hot dogs, but we're talking about a hot dog eating contest. So not who probably does eat more hot dogs, but in a contest, a competitive event, who could eat more? And I think your edge has to go to Archie Miller here because, you know, number one, Archie Bunker was an older guy. I mean, Carol O'Connor, uh, who, who played Archie Miller, you know, an older gentleman, and, you know, not to get too morbid here, but Carol O'Connor did end up dying from a heart attack that was brought on by complications from diabetes. So, Number one, you know, Archie Bunker shouldn't have been entering any hot dog eating contest. That would not have been good for his health. And if he did, you know, you'd have to wonder how long he could last in such a contest, uh, given some of his health limitations. So that's number one. And number two, you know, the reason you give the edge to Archie Miller is he's just competitive. Like, that's what you hear about him. He's a fireball. He's competitive. And he'll have a plan. So he's not just going to be shoving the hot dogs in. Like, he'll have a plan with, okay, when's the optimal time to take a drink of water? You know, how do I, you know, eat the hot dog and the bun? Do I eat them together? Do I do one separate and then wash it down? Like, he'll have that plan that will allow him to succeed. And it's not always the bigger guy that wins the hot dog eating contest. We've watched enough, enough of them to know that. You know, it's the guy who has a plan, is smart about it, is strategic about it, and executes that plan. That's how Archie Miller uh, is as a coach, and I think that's how he would be in a hot dog eating contest as well. All righty. Well, that concludes uh, this edition of The Mailbag. Again, our first time doing this. Hope you liked it. Uh, if you do, then we will continue to do more. And at least for the time being, I'll probably put the call out for questions on Twitter maybe the night before I record it and then gather up all the questions and answer them. So if you're not following... Uh, the Assembly Call account on Twitter. Make sure you do that at Assembly Call over there on Twitter. Again, thank you to Shay and Tim and Ron and Jeff and Doug and Craig and Jason and Mason for your questions and everybody else who submitted questions uh, who I, I wasn't able to uh, mention by name. But I really appreciate it. Again, join us Thursday nights, assemblycall.com slash live. We do a live simulcast of Assembly Call Radio. We also have our live chat going on so that you can chat with other IU fans. We will be discussing all of these topics and more. I believe it will be Andy and Ryan uh, with me on Assembly Call Radio tonight. So look forward to that. And I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to support the show, please share The Assembly Call with a friend or family member who loves IU basketball like you do. You can also visit assemblycall.com support to learn a few ways you can help, from donating to grabbing official Assembly Call gear to buying IU merchandise that you'd buy anyway but using our special affiliate links, which get us a commission. We rely on the support of audience members like you to keep the Assembly Call alive and growing. Once again, the URL is assemblycall.com support. Thank you, and as always, Go Hoosiers! Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger... They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. 
Rocket Pro Insight makes it easy for real estate agents to help clients strengthen their offers with a verified approval, giving you the power to adjust the approval letter amount. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.